0: Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasah. Namo Tassa bhagavato arahato sammah sambuddhasah samma buddhang dhammang sangham namasami. So reading. This is from the Khandavagha. Yeah, of the book of the aggregates of the Sangyutta Nikaya, number twenty, number eighty-five. So it's a dialogue between Yamaka and Sariputta. I'll read extracts from it because, as is often the case, it's quite repetitive. But uh, one occasion, following pernicious view had arisen in a bhikkhu called Yamaka. As I understand the Dhamma taught by the Blessed One, a bhikkhu whose taints are destroyed is annihilated and perishes with the breakup of the body and does not exist after death. A number of bhikkhus heard that such a pernicious view had arisen in the bhikkhu Yamaka. They approached the venerable Yamaka and exchanged greetings with him and they checked it out. and he, Agreed, that was his view, because taints are destroyed, as asavas, the floods are destroyed, is annihilated, and perishes with the breakup of the body, does not exist after death. And they tried to dissuade him from that view, but he clung on to it. So they went to see Venerable Sariputta, the the Buddha's chief disciple, and said, would you come and talk to him? So Sariputta comes along and says, is this your view? And he says, yes. Hmm. So this is Sariputta. What do you think, friend? Is form impermanent or permanent? Impermanent, friend. Is uh, perception, is feeling permanent or impermanent? Impermanent, friend. Is um, sankharas permanent or impermanent? Impermanent friend. It's consciousness, permanent or impermanent, impermanent friend. Seeing thus, he understands. There is no more of this, seeing all this is impermanent, there is no more for this state of being. What do you think, friend Yamaka? Do you regard form as the Tathagata? The Tathagata is the, um, the word used for the Buddha's realization or the arahant's realisation. No, friend. Do you regard feeling, perception, volitional formations, consciousness as the Tathagata? No. What do you think? Do you regard the Tathagata as in form? No. Do you regard him as apart from form? No. Do you regard him as in feeling? No. Apart from feeling? No. So it goes through each of the aggregates. Is the Tathagata in the aggregate, or does he not have them? Both of those, no. What do you think, friend Yama, could you regard form, feeling, perception, volitional formations and consciousness taken together as a cluster, the Tathagata? No, friend. Do you think, do you regard, friend Yama, could you regard the Tathagata as one who is without form, without feeling, without perception, without volitional formations, without consciousness? No, friend. But friend, when the Tathagata is not apprehended by you, as real and actually here in this very life, is it fitting for you to declare that when a big <laughs> when the arse was destroyed, one is annihilated and perishes with the break up of the body, does not exist after death. I think you know, oh, realises that he's made a mistake. If there then you know, with his clearer realization he says if if I were to be If they were to ask me this question about whether the Tathagata exists or doesn't exist after death, I would answer thus. Friends, form is impermanent. What is impermanent is suffering. What is suffering and ceased and passed away. Feeling is impermanent. What is impermanent is suffering. What is suffering has ceased and passed away. Volitional formations are impermanent. Sankara, whatever is impermanent is suffering. Whatever is suffering has ceased and passed away. Consciousness is impermanent. What is impermanent is suffering. What is suffering has arisen and passed away. Being asked thus, friends, I would answer in such a way. Good, good, friend Yamaka. So he he seems to have arrived at a realization. (laughs) This is, admittedly, you may think, what is this? So he gives them a the more earthy simile. I will make a simile for you in order to convey the same meaning even more clearly. Suppose, friends, Yamaka, there was a householder or a householder's son, a rich man with much wealth and property protected by a bodyguard. Then some man would appear to have wanted to ruin him, to harm him, to endanger him, to take his life. It would occur to that man, this householder, you know, is protected by a bodyguard. It won't be easy to take his life by force. Let me get close to him and then take his life. Then he approach that householder and say to him, I will serve you, sir. Then the householder or householder's son would appoint him as a servant. The man would serve him, rising up before him, retiring after him, doing whatever he wants, agreeable in his conduct, endearing in his speech. Then house, Then the householder would consider him a friend, Would place trust in him. When the man became aware that the householder had placed trust in him, then finding him alone, he would take his life with a sharp knife. What do you think when that when that man approached the householder and said to him, "I would serve you, sir." Wasn't he a murderer even then, even though the other didn't recognize him as a murderer? When the murderer, when the man was serving him, rising up before him, retiring after him, doing whatever he wants, agreeable in his conduct endearing his speech wasn't he a murderer then even though the other didn't recognize him as my murderer and when the man came upon him while he was alone took his life with a sharp knife wasn't he a murderer then too though the other didn't recognize him as my murderer yes too friend so too yamaka the uninstructed worldling who is not a seer unskilled and undisciplined in dhamma regards former self or self as possessing form, or form as in-self, or self as in-form, regards feeling, perception, volitional formation, consciousness as self, or self as possessing consciousness, or consciousness as in-self, or self as in-consciousness. doesn't really understand them as they really are. He becomes engaged with form, clings to it, takes a stand upon it as myself, becomes engaged with feeling, takes a stand upon it, clings to it, as myself. Engaged with perception, takes a stand upon it, as myself, clings to it. Engaged with volitional formation, clings to it, takes a stand upon it, as myself. Engaged with consciousness, clings to it, takes a stand upon it, as myself. These five aggregates of clinging, to which he becomes engaged, and to which he clings, leads to his harm and suffering for a long time. The instructed noble disciple who is a seer does not regard form as self, and so on. When he does not become engaged with form, cling to it and take a stand upon it. When he does not become engaged with feeling, with perception, with volitional formations, with consciousness, cling to it and take a stand upon it as myself. These same five aggregates of clinging which he does not become engaged and to which he does not cling, lead to his welfare and happiness for a long time. (laughs) So happy ending, (laughs) which is what we like to hear, (laughs) it was very tough at times in that. Mm. But just um, you know, recognizing this uh, this line of, of thought, which may be difficult to follow, and one must perhaps return to it occasionally. Uh, yeah. uh, and, uh, so, in the in the simile, the householder mm, takes on these aggregates. Seemingly, this is what I am. This is what I. This is what. I, this is what I trust. This is my operation system. And this is. This is that which is going to support me, keep me going. And takes it, becomes engaged with it, fixates upon it, clings to it as myself. And then these aggregates, yeah, you know, murderous, painful, destructive. Mm. Who is the householder? Hmm. Chitta, the unawakened Chitta, which is able to apprehend this is form, hmm. this is feeling, this is perception. This is consciousness. Being so impacted by those, so stirred, so familiar, so oriented around those, takes those to be some lasting entity. Mm. As a self. Therefore, different views arise. When this dies uh, when this passes away mm, I I pass away. Subtler view. When this passes away, I don't pass away. <laughs> mm. I'm something eternal, some entity eternal. Mm. But those are projected extrapolations, aren't they? Those are what we would deduce. If this is this, this passes, then either I'm a goner, finished, out of it, nothing, or when this all finishes, then I, you know, go to some other abode that's an that's an extrapolation that's something we can surmise hmm? but if we apprehend directly hmm, what is it that can go on to further life this is called consciousness because we can see that happening We can see these this experience happening. Consciousness hmm, means it goes on to the sight, the sound, it moves chitta moves out onto those, launches its hopes and fears onto sights, launches its desire and aversion onto sounds, launches its passions onto Mind objects, weaves mind objects to find, to launches its passions upon them, launches its fears, launches its anxiety, launches its despond, launches its dreams onto mental objects. Jitta, the unenlightened Jitta keeps launching and consciousness provides the vehicle mental consciousness of course very far-reaching vehicle which unlike visual consciousness which is limited to that purely which we can see mental consciousness pretty much vast possibility mm, to, to launch towards these objects that can be conjured up mm, Conjured up out of passion, belief, fixation, views, opinions. I believe in this, I will be this, I will not be that. What's that? Why do that? Because one has not realized. One has not completed, one has not satisfied. One has not found the center where these forms don't reach in, intimidate, intoxicate impact, confuse, press, urge, demand, arouse. One has not realized that where these place where these aggregates do not bind. Therefore all for, even, even the well intentioned trained person or halfly trained person conjectures about what they will or will not be in the future but uh, rightly seeing one future that's a mental projection isn't it (laughs) isn't that something the mind concocts how can how can enlightened one follow a mental concoction this of course um i'll make it a kind of momentary understanding of, oh wow, you know. But then we're in what we call the real world with futures and pasts and self and other. Mm-hmm. And the need or the compulsion or the pressure to generate them. And, and so I, I too am in this, in this realm of people and futures and positions and, yeah. You know, and judgments and people's opinions about me, and pressures and wishes and inclinations and fears and anxieties and projections. I, there is also this. This is also something that impacts. And it's always about what one will be, should be, could be, might be, isn't. What's that? Mental projection. This mental projection is passion for security, passion for control, passion to, you know, for feeling, passion for, for, for passion. <laughs> and it projects this, the unenlightened jitta, this is the fundamental volitional inclination. May there be for me, may there not be for me, May the world, other people, operate for me around so it it, it is suitable for me. Doing this, we generate so much discord and uh, conflict. And we even see and act towards other people as if they are, actually are, the projections of my mind. And it's almost sometimes it's it's something you can recognise and you just can't stop it. It's so ingrained. We don't we've almost lost or it can be the case one loses the ability to just to, to get out of it. This is of course even when one gets the idea it's deeply frustrating to see it happen. <laughs> because it has to be penetrated to. As I've said, you know, um, relationship to oneself, others, the sacred, and general, natural, created world—not as my projections. This just even just you know trying to build that in to pause to check. This is the desire. This is the fascination. This is the anxiety this is the fear this is the aversion quality in that chitta is being stained by projecting out and mm, then we can then we can use these aggregates of witnessing clearly seeing is seeing isn't it and the rest of it Hearing is hearing, isn't it? Isn't that what hearing is? So where did that sense of noise come from? Was it in the sound? Where was that? Wasn't that the aversion? The impact, where was the aversion, being shocked, impacted, shaken? Mm -hmm. Uh, And could it be possible just to take some of that shock and release it? So the sound was returned to being sound. So the sight would return to being sight after the shock, after the reaction. One acknowledged that. Sense this reaction, sense this reflex called contact. The Sankara contact. Restrain the volitional formation. Yeah. Restrain the sense of this is myself, this is her. Restrained it. Checked it, held it back. Pretty you know. Went back to one center. Relaxed it. Hmm. What is this center? Well, more mysteries. (laughs) We can't see it. Jitta cannot be seen. Um, It's not an object. If it's an object, it's an aggregate. It's that which can be seen, so it's not an object, you could say it's the primary subject um, or subjectivity of awareness, the here, the knowing, the primary intelligence, the sensitivity, who knows why, where, how, here it is, we are it, it's there, and it's continually being, what, impacted, impacted by contact, impacted by perceptions, impacted by feeling. What's its primary mark? What's its primary footprint? When that invisible foot comes down on the ground, what happens? The track is called volition. It does. It intends. It projects. It volitionally inclines. That's the primary mark of citta. The inclination, the intending, for good or for bad. Hmm? That's its mark just like when you walk, can you see your face? Does it mean you don't have a face? When you walk, do you have a center? If you, didn't, you can't see your center, you can't feel your center, but can you feel you have a periphery? If a periphery is a periphery, right? If you can feel the edges, the floor, the skin, the warmth, the space around you, how can a periphery not have a center? <laughs> But can you see it? No. Can you feel it? No. But if one abides in it, the periphery becomes that where the shock, the impact can discharge. Periphery becomes free, the boundary of self, the boundary of one's body, the boundary becomes free of these agitating influences, of fear, of worry, of trying to get it right, of these aspects. Because we, there's a sensing, there's a, you know, the center is bright. Mm. This is possible. This is the citta visuddhi, the clean citta. The citta vimutti, the liberated citta. Liberated from these outgoing, uh, connective tendencies that throw us, throw it into form, perceptions, feeling, consciousness, with passion fired up ignited burning warmed up heated sparking flashing (laughs) driven you know beyond one's wishes driven (laughs) they say like uh, you know the image of Mano Mano Sanjaitana mental volition is considered to be like um, say the Buddha uses image say take a A man who is not strong, a man who is feeble in body, and two strong men grab him and drag him towards a blazing charcoal pit. This is called mental volition. (laughs) The poor mind. (laughs) Truly pitiful. And the images are searing because of the, you know, the need to make these deep impressions or something, like the murderers who creep in and you don't see them. Yeah. They, don't, they don't come in guns blazing, that comes later. <laughs> yeah. How did you get your, let yourself get hold of by these two strong, brutal men Drag you to a pit? Because first of all, they seem to be on your side. They're going to take you to the good places. A success the uh, that's where they were taking you and then 10 years down the line you're in the pit <laughs> how did that happen uh, of course pits are impermanent <laughs> but it's not it's, an, it's not an agreeable experience <laughs> so we like to curtail this journey as as much as possible and wean ourselves of the habit. So how do we stay in center, or that which we cannot see or perceive? Well, you know, the more you know, language form is to say to witness form as per- impermanent, witness consciousness is impermanent. But it takes some doing. You know, the, the upadhi, It's called the fundamental fixations, the fundamental substrate, the fundamental attachment. It's not a conscious decision. It's a built-in weld (laughs) and um, it's welded to to these aggregates. Therefore, it's great, you know, if one begins to at least get a handle on it, moderate and begin to, you know, penetrate that that. and so form so we contemplate form Mm -hmm. what is the here and now experience of form internally sense of mass, solidity heat, vitality it's this and as you contemplate form just begin to practice with it say well yeah in this very body that I see with my eyes. I can see some of it anyway. There's that. However big it is, five foot eight. Mm. The shape, there's that. And there's this, heavy, lumpy, fiery, wobbling. There's not one form, there's two at least. But the more direct one is this directly felt experience. That's the one that, even I can't see anything, the body's experience of itself. How is this? Could it be made more comfortable? Could it be that the huge block up in the top experience, the top heavy experience, could be more evened out? So the lower body, the belly, the back, the lower back became more rich, fruitful. The energy was... Released within the body to a more agreeable form, and just doing this because wouldn't this make sense? If you can have this, why not make it more comfortable? Seems a good place, and that's the line of practice of somewhere to practice. Sweep across, bring good intention, bring care and attention into this, into this fine form this energetic form, and it will respond and you can work with that for days, weeks, months, years, decades and releasing blocks and this is profitable, useful, not a waste of time. Because in doing so the mind, the the chitta will learn subtle intentions, learn patience, learn persistence, learn faith, learn mindfulness, learn collectedness, learn happiness, see positive results, feel more balanced, more comfortable sitting, standing, walking. This is gain. This is beneficial. they will also find the nervous energy becomes less agitated, less fractured, less sparky, more comfortable, soothing. This must be a great benefit. And will also begin to see this experience is constantly a changing flow, isn't it? How could this be what I am? And it will begin to experience that which is working on this, that careful attention, that's more approach, that's more. hmm? And this is just something I work with, not myself, hmm? not something substantial, not something solid. This. Hmm. One would have gained insight. So it is when we contemplate Reflect on the Anapanasati Sutta, you can run that phrase of that first, that fourth tetrad about anupasi, about witnessing, seeing, contemplating, the insight tetrad, you can run that onto any of the others, you can run it onto the experience of body, you can practice just that in the body, till the citta becomes strong, fulfilled, competent, confident in itself, happy. Hmm? This is Jitta Visuddhi, cleaning. This is Jitta Vimuti, freeing Jitta from its anxiety, from its pressure, from its blundering, from its impulsiveness, from its recklessness, from its constant projecting. I want it to be like this. I don't want it to be like that. How will I ever get to be like this? Why am I like that? Shut up. Get on with it. (laughs) This is what you, you know. This is the inheritance. Keep digging. There's gold in there. So in this very, this very aggregate of this, let me look at the feeling. Where is feeling? Is it in my body? Is it in my heart? If it's in my body, why does my heart complain about it? If it's in my heart, why do I feel it in my leg? Can I relate to feeling? Recognize feeling is an aggregate, stands on its own, that I have been threatened by, enticed by, in love with, fearing, dreading, for many a long year. Now I relate to it as feeling, that which pushes, sets up, rings bells. Do I have to keep jumping up every time I hear one of these feeling bells? Could I at least take a few out of the alarm system Uh, or just deal with them more carefully, more slowly, more mindfully? Painful feeling. Particularly when it comes to mental feeling. If this painful mental feeling is um, constantly generating unskillful mind states, then I must find some way to divert my attention. If it's not generating unskillful mind states but actually beginning to generate patience and persistence then I will stay with it a little longer. So one begins to moderate in with a sense of compassion for, and, and moderation in this process. We find our edges, our limits. Not, we recognize maturely we have limits. This is as much as I can manage at this time. Uh, if I, I'm sensible about that humble about that, realistic about that, then I will be able to persist. If I constantly think I should be get beyond it, I will not be able to persist. Hmm. So we moderate. We say, just a little bit I can take. A little bit more. A little bit more of the restraining around the pleasure principle. A little more of the, less of the panic around the pain principle. Hmm. And so one endures, one bears, one builds up. And one begins to feel... The blessing of a ripened, steady chitta which has some authority over feeling, not panicked by feeling. Perception, impressions of oneself, impressions of others. Uh, how these can spook us like ghosts. You know, rush up and. He's this, he said this, she's that, he's one of those, she's one of those. Just, 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 just pause. <laughs> Uh, He thinks this, she thinks that, he sees me as this, she sees me as that, pause, pause, (laughs) check, wait. Uh, These are very powerful signals that we normally use all the time, thinking they will, or assuming they're going to give us truth. Mm. (laughs) Assuming they'll give us truth, how much conflict and pain is caused by that when they don't meet up in the communal domain. Volitions, how many of those take us to good places? How many are reckless, careless, short-term, or think we just been learnt to act, react in certain programmed ways? You start to prune those, filter those, understand them, contemplate them with a compassionate, caring mind. This is not for my welfare. Is it possible to restrain this? Is it possible to build up a more deliberately intention that I value? Intention for goodwill, intention for truth, the intention for peace. Surely this will be my welfare. So we work with this consciousness. Mind consciousness running on. Is it possible it could run out to Buddha, bow three times. You can know, project something, why not project it onto an innocent lump of wood, which will not do you any harm, will never let you down, it never promises to be other than a lump of wood. And you can project all kinds of things onto it, and uh, then, but it does contain, it does hold. And then as you go through, you say, What actually would you like to put forth? Eventually, what comes forth is, I wish to put forth my heart underneath it all. Underneath the, is this going to work, you know, we do with other people. Is she going to like me? Is this going to be a winner? What does he think if I do this? It's the reflective one, which bounces back to me. You know, we put something out, and look for the, the back, what's coming back at me. If I do this, will I be seen as proper? If I do this, will I be seen as polite? If I do this, will I be seen as Nice or agreeable or acceptable. If I do this, will I throw something out and look for the, the gong to strike? And the image of the Buddha uses just like a broken gong. You strike it, there's no bounce back. Just, if it's like that, what do you want to bring out? Desire? No point. Fear? Waste of time. Aversion? Poisonous, you bring out heart, right? And uh, yeah, and awakened beings, you know, those who seem to be awakened or more awakened are rather like that. They just people present all kinds of things. They just mm, so it is, <laughs> uh, so it is, until one gets to the point where you just bring forth heart not just because that's what we that's what is important to do so consciousness then is not reflective doesn't bounce back it's called the anidasana vijnana. consciousness that has no surface no no uh, unseen it's not seen it it, it it is not looked at it is not compared contrasted it doesn't go anywhere. It's just there to convey pure chitta, the purity. The Nama, the perceptions, the feelings, the intentions, may this if I do this, may this arise for me has stopped. The intention if I do this, may she not do this to me, that has stopped. If I do this, may they think this of me, that has stopped. <laughs> the intention has stopped. Chitta has stopped. The niroda of intention is the release. Mm-hmm. So this is these are the kind of directions that to move through. And we start with just well, what at least is good, comfortable, praiseworthy, immediately satisfying, more satisfying than just tying myself up in knots. Well, let me at least bring forth a mind that projects for the welfare of others, projects for the protection and care of others. If I'm going to project anything, let me project. She too is a sentient being, bound by birth, aging, sickness, death. Whether I like her or not, what she thinks of me, that's, that's not worth bothering with. What's better if I see this too is a sentient being, human, bound by birth, aging, suffering and death, heirs there, their karma, what arises then? Like me, the, the, the resonance of compassion and then then we found this is we say this is the citta regarding conditions conditioned with a, with a centering intention because this, this centering intention then is something that's not just because I've got a special thing with her or him no this is it's not about it's about this it's not about it's not dependent upon external circumstances I'm taking it back I'm not constellating around peripherals, peripheries, details, circumstances, shapes, sizes. I'm focusing on what is centering. What is centering in this sense is sentient being. Bound by birth, ageing, suffering and death, not wishing pain, heirs uh, to their karma, accumulations, possible for liberation. Hold that, and you come into a Right, now I know how to relate. Whatever you say or do, you know where you're coming from. This is a centering recollection. So, you know, not that esoteric, not that difficult to attain. Mm. And just keep that. This is centering in the condition sense. We're centering in the body, we sense this too. Subject to air, fire, water, earth, food, water, drink, heat, cold. Subject to this. Mm. This is this. Whatever the shape, size, age, color, dimension. This is this. Mortal, vulnerable. Mm. Centering like that. you You know. Rather than getting caught up in the peripherals, the details. Mm. Behaviors, actions as to our karma Mm. There we see the confusions, the pains We see the gladness and the joys We see the of ourself and others This too is karma It cannot be another way like this Mm. to is an inheritance, experiencing or considering or witnessing the habits, the beauties, the sorrows, the stuckness and the liberations of others. We see this is because of karmic. This is because of karmic that which has been accumulated, set going, rolling. It's like this now. It couldn't be something else. And persist with this, they will no doubt. Realize. If they don't persist with this, but per- penetrate it, that will continue till they do persist with it. What else is there you can say? So this kind of fretting, trying to fix, change, make people this way or that way, stop that. Witness with a mind bent on equanimity, compassion and understanding. And then ah. Then when there's an opening, say, have you seen this? Have you remembered this? Hmm when there's an opening. Karma, reflection on karma is a centering. Reflection on karma, reflection on the nature of the body, reflection on loving kindness. These are powerful centering reflections, considerations, that keep taking us back to the center of our lives. Isn't that true? So this is when we're directing jitta in this centering way. And this is often considered a helpful way to begin one's meditation practice or to reorganize, to reset. Just drop the peripherals, drop the peripheries as much as you can. Come back to center like this. And right in the center of the center you could say is there's the potential for realization, for liberation here. Is this true or not? Maybe one has doubt. We say, okay, is there potential to witness a feeling coming and going? Yeah, that's it. You've got the potential for liberation. Is <laughs> the potential to, yeah, to recognize this harmful intention is a harmful intention? I won't follow it. Do you have that? Then you have the potential for liberation because the Jit, you have the chitter is able to step off, see, witness, and not follow. Then you have the potential. How long is it going to take to ripen? Did you want to set a clock, or just keep going? That's the direction. And it's returning to centre. Mm-hmm. And, of course, to linger in it. And then we notice what is it that takes that away? Mental consciousness. May I be? May I not be? What will I be? What have I been? Have I been this? When will I be that? How long will it take before I'm this? And why I'm always like that? That's the fast track out. It happens very quickly. What is it bound up with? The passion for being. The intoxication, the fascination with being. A fascination that's not your fault, it's the, the common deal we get, and yeah, very much um, emphasized in our social world. Get ahead. Who can be fast, who can get quickest to the next nervous breakdown? <laughs> uh, very much emphasized. And then you you see the, the horror of that. There you see the murderers are around. Slaughtering slaughtering hearts left, right and centre. You don't want that one. Have you had enough yet? Mm-hmm. Bide in the centre? Then um, yeah, well then of course if you bide in the centre then yeah, there's a body here. We can move it. Mm. Mm-hmm there's the possibility to intend, we can move it. We can say, I will go here. We can say, I will go in this direction. We will say, we can do that. But when we load that intention, we recognize the quality of the intention is gonna set where I go. If I come from intention of anxiety, I will go straight to anxiety. Straight to the next one. That's instant rebirth. If I come from a place of, of craving, I'll go exactly to the place, next place of craving. Of this you can be sure. It's the arrow. And it always hits the target. Yeah, you know, the shapes and the forms look different. Murderers are very cunning like that. But the feeling in the heart remains the same. It doesn't move on. It never moves on, except in terms of this unresolved intention, unresolved projections, unresolved craving, unresolved acquisitions. That's what moves it on. It doesn't move in time or space. Five years later, I'm still doing the same thing, because I haven't moved beyond. Anxiety and craving. Because I haven't moved beyond dread and fear. Because I haven't moved beyond self-image and self-projection. Mm. Yeah? Five years. Mm. Five years I've been harbouring this murderer. How many more times? How many more knives do you want? Mm. And that's... This it's that tough, you know, it's uh, to be fairly brutal in some respects, you know, just keep presenting the sign, look, you know, this is not, this is not, this is subtle, to get out of the grip is subtle, difficult, murderers are tricky, yeah. but you, you can, and you, you, also you must, and you can, you can just eat, like, for a, a time, you can just pull it back. So, look, your feet are on the ground. You can walk one step at a time to the door. You don't have to have, you don't have, to have your head in the kitchen yet. It will get there. <laughs> Probably. But you never know. But all you can do is you can pick your body up and take a step at a time and walk that in that direction. And maybe the kitchen will arise. Maybe, you know, you break your leg on the way. Maybe, who knows. But you starting here with your head in the kitchen, already... You know, spreading the peanut butter, or whatever it is. It doesn't seem particularly sinful or wrong. You're, you're cuddling out to a murderer. Because <laughs> they'll throw you onto the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and as you buy into it faster and faster, and it won't just be peanut butter on the bread next time, it will be, you know, five years time or that, that you know and so on. So moderating, restraining, is something to be cultivated. Because, you know, in this very simple way, if we walk from here to the kitchen, we're going to get there about the same time as if we walked, we started here and imagined being in the kitchen. Your body will not get there that much faster. It'll probably get there safer if you walk like this. Thinking like this, humble simple mundane ordinary daily yeah almost pathetically simple <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not esoteric yeah. this is this is the beauty of the Dhamma. you work on it in these very simple forms and I suggest we in many ways benefit from being that, that simple that direct and you can then you, you The use of this body to pull the mind back, the use of this form to pull the mind back from its drivenness. The use of the heart, the warmth, the compassion, the tenderness, mm? the mutuality to pull the mind back from its fear and projections and comparisons and criticisms and worry about what others see me as. That, that hell realm, pull the mind back and say, send you a being like me, also subject to pain, also subject to fear, also sub- also appreciating love. Someone who I can impart that to, just like they can impart it to me and feel freedom from anxiety, fear. Cultivate like this, give it give it a chance. You know, when you're on retreat, Situations like this, you know, with people of precepts, good intention, compassion, patient, tolerant, working on it, the best kind of beings, then it's a chance to relate in that way. You don't even have to know each other's names personally. And all this is just helpful conventional stuff. You know, this is a conventional rea- reality that helps to take us out of the mangled conventional reality. That we can be seduced into. Coming out of it, the jitter becomes stronger, freer, brighter, clearer, and then it can start dismantling the affection and the fear and the clinging to these aggregates. Mm. There's no more to become, so it's not about not becoming or becoming, it's just that that word does not pertain to. The realised being it does not pertain; is not relevant; it's another domain, the nibbana dhatu. May we fare on? May we release? May we realise? May we reflect upon this for our well-being? Amen. Anyway.